Good morning, good morning. Just want to remind you that when you listen to this podcast on your iPhone or your Android, please hit subscribe as it improves the service for our podcast, keeps it alive and well. If you need to locate it in your iTunes store or through Google Play, just search the Sylvester team should pop right up. Want to uh, start a new book for July? Some of you, it's going to sound familiar, but we're talking about The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And somebody out there is going to say, well, we've already read that. Yep. And Dick has read Frank Betcher's book, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling, I don't know, maybe 20 times. Uh, we have several copies, and um, it, Slight Edge is right up there with that. It is a book to repeat, to pour over. Um, get your 15 to 20 minutes a day of reading uh, by starting this book for all the newbies on the line, or if you've read it before, pick it back up, go back and just read what you highlighted. And if you didn't highlight, well, you should. And uh, you could do that this time through and just think how many more things uh, you would get out of the book. Uh, Today, Dick wants to concentrate on the focus and consistency needed to write your own contract. We still have July and August for you to do that. Some levels take one month, some take two. I do want to recognize those people that have already had a 5, 10, or 15% jump in their contract. Uh, I'm going to say that it it will take place sometime in July, but I'm not going to put a date on that because this is a massive amount of uh, administrative work to get done through the carriers. So give them a break, give them some grace, cut them some slack. But these folks, Becca McKay, Laura Chacon, Jamel Woods, Brandon Bailey, Shania Wiley, Jim Danielson, and Danny Strauss have already earned uh, a contract increase by what they did through the month of June. And then we had Heather Hudak and Marcia Seacrest who are going for a bigger promotion that requires two months in a row, and they got June knocked out um, <clears throat> towards that already. So hats off to them for putting in the focus and the consistency, and then Dick's going to let us know how the rest of us uh, can get on board with that. Thank you, Connie. It is uh this is just a great opportunity, great time to be in our business, and we're going to be talking about that today. But I uh, wanted to talk today about focus on uh, consistency to write your own contract. Guys, this is something that's just never been heard of in the industry before, and it's a great opportunity for you to come in, not only to get a higher contract, but the most important part is, and I've said this for years, it's not the promotion you get that's important. It's what did you learn to get that promotion. And so many companies throw out contract levels like candy, but the people don't learn anything. Most can't figure this out on their own because this is a tough industry. This is a different industry. Sales is a tough industry. As a result, there is, I mean, can you imagine going to work with IBM and they have a training manual, and you have to memorize it word for word. Uh, That's the training that they put people through. Why? Because that sort of thing works. 
That's why we have scripts and things here. Uh, but our business is like so many others. Uh, one of the things about our business is it's extremely predictable. Uh, you've heard me say over the years that um, when I first started, Barry held up 10 paint cards, which is what they were using for leads at the time, and he said, three of these are no good. You can wad them up and throw them in the trash. He said, but out of the remaining seven, he said, you will set six appointments and you'll make three to five sales, three to five applications. You won't sell each client. And um, I remember, and he followed that up with this statement. He said, at that time, they knew what the numbers were. He said, I can tell you how much business will be written in six weeks based on the mail that went out on Monday. And he said, Dick, I won't be more than five applications off. That's why when Connie announced that the, the um, response rate has dropped so much, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on with the post office right now. Hopefully that will be part of it, but we are preparing to make that transition into the Internet leads because a lot of people are converting to that and making a difference. Um, you know, so one, our business is predictable. If it's predictable, then that makes it much easier for us to reverse engineer what it takes to get where we want to go. You know, for example, I'm going to use an, uh, an example of a, a mortgage here, and I'll tie it in in a minute. You know, uh, I remember uh, Connie's uncle telling me one time if the principal on the little mortgage they had for whatever he had bought was $50 a month, he said every extra $50 I pay on that mortgage, that's one payment at the end I don't have to make, plus I saved the interest on it along the way. Um, you know, if we'll make 12 extra principal payments on our mortgage today, that's 12 payments at the end we won't have to make, plus we've saved the interest on all of those payments along the way. Well, how does that apply to our business, to your business, and to your career? Well, understanding we do in our industry basically four things. You know, we buy leads, we call leads, and we set appointments. We run leads and we write business, and we check pending to make sure we get the business issued. And is it easy? No, but it's simple. If we will just follow those things, it's that simple. And I think we have a tendency to complicate things a little bit. Uh, I think everybody on the call here, they realize that um, leads are the lifeblood of our industry. You know, that's, that's where we survive. Uh, we talk individually, uh, or I want each of us to talk individually with our manager about what your goals are, uh, how many leads it's going to take to get there, how we can help you determine how many leads you need to run your mortgage protection business, and understanding that they are the fuel to your business. Now, if you're full-time with us, and your goal is to write $5,000 a week in premium, it's going to take $1,000 a week in leads to get to that point. Now, how can we help supplement that? We can get referrals. There are a number of things we can do, but that's, that's the system. That's what it's going to take to do. And I just want you to understand, $250 a week is not really a lead order. You know, it's, it's barely uh, part-time, and it really... This is a business, this is an industry, you know. Um, so understanding that about the leads, I think, is an extremely important part of what we do. Secondly, 
the thing that we do is we call leads to set appointments. Now, this is the second step to our business, but I think, Connie, it's probably one of the most important because you can and you will get better. Your skill set needs to be monitored, so your practice is perfect practice. And I say that, you know, we've always heard practice makes perfect. Well, that's not true. Perfect practice is what makes perfect. Professional golfers, they have coaches. Because if they're slicing, they want to figure out how they're standing, how they're approaching the ball to make a change. Elite professional athletes, they all have coaches so that the player doesn't continue practicing the wrong way because that's the worst thing in the world we can do. Well, it should be no different here. You know, but you must, re guys, let me repeat this. You must reach out to us. If you're going through something, there's no way we can monitor 50 people constantly all the time. So it's, it's incumbent upon you to reach out to us. And I'll share a story about somebody that did that here in just a moment. Um, personal development is another area that needs to be practiced on a regular basis. I mean, you know what, Connie, if somebody misses a meal, you know, they were so busy they didn't eat lunch or they didn't eat dinner. We hear about it for three days. But if they miss personal development, feeding their brain, feeding their system, you never hear about it because they don't put the emphasis on it that is necessary. Um, and I want to give you a case in point here. Uh, ben posted in GreetMe how he overcame dealing with the 20-something clients. And uh, he had reached out to me. And he said, you know, I, I hear they don't need it. They're young. They're not going to die. And uh, I think part of it might be a mindset to a degree, but after you get beat up with it over and over and over again, you start believing it. Connie made the call, a comment on the call last week. After every appointment, somebody got sold. It was either the client got sold on the need to protect the family or the agent got sold on the fact that they either couldn't afford it or didn't think they needed it. But somebody got sold. Well, when somebody in their 20s says, I'm not going to die, or I don't have anybody responsible for I'm single, I don't care who gets the house, I just don't need it. Well, how do you convert that? Because there is a need there. They just haven't recognized it. Well, first off, agree with them. You know, John, you're 20 years old or 22 years old, I kind of agree with you. Now, why do you do that? You're supporting a negative thought. No. By doing that, you pretty well disarm them. See, they're prepared for the next two or three or five minutes, whatever it takes. They are prepared to defend that position. Now, this is a sales technique, guys, so listen to this. They're prepared to defend their position. When you agree with them, what's to defend? Mm -hmm. You disarm them. You know, now what? It's, they don't know where to go with that. Up until now, uh, the, everything is about them. I don't need this. I'm bulletproof. I, you know, whatever. So let's flip the script and make it all about them now and the possibility of the future. For example, if you agree with a 22-year-old, you know, you know, John, I get it. You're 22, you put a down payment on the house, you get killed in a car wreck. I don't mean who cares. A lot of people care, but you're dead. You know, the bank sells the house, and they give your down payment and all your payments to a stranger in the form of a foreclosure sale. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. But what if you're in a terrible car wreck and you're burned severely? 
You can't work for a year. How are you going to make your mortgage payment? How are you going to buy groceries? Who's going to pay the light bill? And guys, when you go back and listen to this, listen to those phrases and don't put more words in there. Learn to speak in terms of bullet points because that's going to be important to you. And, um, you know, one option for you would be move back home with mommy and daddy. But then again, I mean, you can't make your mortgage payment. What are you going to do? You know, you've been burned severely. But you know what, John? I have never had a client who thought that was a good idea. How about you? If something like that happened, how do you feel about that? See, we want to get up front where they feel. You might keep talking and talking and talking, and uh, they don't mind moving back with mom and dad. Mom and dad got a big fancy house, and hey, it's not all that bad. So... If that's the case, you haven't uncovered any pain, we need to uncover the pain. But let me ask you, John, you know, uh, he's not, not in agreement with going back home. If you could protect yourself for a dollar or two dollars a day from ever having to move back home with your parents, would that be important to you? Guys, always end those statements with a question. Make them engaged. Um, no, it's not important to me. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you, John. I, I don't think you need this. And you move on. However, I've never had anybody said yes, they thought that was a good idea to move back. You know, Well, I need a little more information to see what you might qualify for, and you go right into the close-in to set the appointment. And or if you're in the home, you just move on into establishing what the pain is and how bad they want out of that. Now, uh, we made this call all about the benefits from having our product for him. You know, it protects him from having to move back in with the home. Another approach would be, uh, do you plan to stay single all your life? Well, no, I don't. Well, you qualify for these programs now. Do you have any idea how valuable a plan like this might be to a possible fiancé? <laughs> Having a plan like this, John, your stock just went through the ceiling. You just blew the competition away. Um, is that a little corny? Probably. But with practice and the right person, you're going to be able to protect another family. Let me share something that happened about 15 years ago with me. Had a Marine pilot, had a half-million-dollar mortgage, uh, and he wanted $2 million in coverage. You know, a Marine pilot doesn't make enough money to buy $2 or $2 million worth of insurance. So I asked, I said, why in the world do you need $2 million in coverage right now? He said, well, when I get out of the Marines, I'm going to law school. I'll live in Georgetown, Virginia, up near D.C. He said, mortgages there are about a million dollars starting. He said, I'll be older then, and I'll probably marry a woman with a couple of kids, and I'll want to provide for them day one. So what we did is we did a million-dollar policy with return of premium. Uh, that product is not available today, but it was then. Uh, we did a million dollars of 20-year term with the intention of converting that to a permanent plan when he could better afford it. Now, what he was doing, he was insuring his insurability. See, this was all about his future. He wanted to raise his stock in terms of a suitor, and the fact that he could provide for a family immediately. He also wanted to make sure that uh, 
he had the mortgage taken care of, and all that cash back was going to put him in a position to pay that particular mortgage off five years early, saving him several tens of thousands of dollars. Now, true, he's the top 1%, and you don't run across many guys like that, but you might be able to convert a few of your clients to this mindset. And just understanding, you know, what this looks like. I mean, how many guys in their 20s intend to stay single? Probably not too many. So why not use this and find out where they stand and just how important it is? Now, we need to practice making this all about them, not about us. And um, now, the purpose of this section is just covered is to stress one, that you can improve your skills with the right coaching and the right practice. For the pilot, this was a win-win-win situation. And this is how we, once he started down that path, guys, I was on that like a duck on a June bug, you know. And I said, okay, so where are we going to go with this? Where should the money go, God forbid, you don't make it through law school? He said, well, if I die too soon, he wanted his parents to get half a million or half the two million, a million dollars. And that was to give them, repay them for all the financial support they'd given him over all the years and to supplement their retirement. The other half was to go to nieces and nephews for college. So that was a win for him. Um, when he bought his million dollar house, it was protected. That was a win for him. When he got married, she was protected day one. That was a win for him. The 30-year return of premium would end in the 25th year of the million-dollar mortgage, allowing him to pay that mortgage off five years early, saving him well over $100,000 in payments and interest. That was a win for him. So starting to think this way is what I'm trying to, the seeds I'm trying to plant in everybody's mind. Now, do you think a 22-year-old might like the prospect of paying his mortgage off in 25 years with the return of premium or paying off his next mortgage if he realizes this is a starter home and he's going to take another mortgage out, sell this house in five or six years when that 30-year plan ends He's got five years of payments left that he could take that money back and pay that mortgage off. See, just planting seeds in your mind on ways that you can better utilize our products. Now, I do want to go back to the buying leads because I said, you know, there's five things we do or four things we do, and the first one was buying leads. Uh, remembering they're the fuel to run your business. Leads are like having bread, milk, and eggs in a small grocery store. You have to have something in inventory to sell. Our industry of mortgage protection as we know it has been around since April 28th of 1998, 23 years. Never has the opportunity to name your own contract existed. Guys, this is a very, very special time. We are writing history now. And like most people, when you're writing the history, you don't realize you're writing history, but we are. You know, by focusing on what it takes to win, desiring to be coached and reaching out for help is going to change everything for everybody on this call today. Now, I have two calls right after this call helping people just with this sort of thing already. And... Um, during the month of June, there was a dry spell for one of the agents, 
and that person started reaching out to me in the midst of that and ended up the, the last week of the month with a very good week. Now, the sad part of it is if we had started a little sooner and practiced a little more, we might have turned it around two weeks before the end of the month. But the key is we reach out, we ask for help, we're looking for coaching, and now we've got an opportunity to, to change things. Um, you know, by focusing on what it takes to win and desiring to be coached and reaching out for help, that that's going to change things for you. Your personal development is going to make some significant changes for you. If you have not read How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling by Frank Betcher yet, then that has got to be the very first book you read. Uh, again, I've read that book upwards of 20 times and portions of it probably 40 or 50 times because I pick it up all the time. You know, that's the beginning of consistency. If we will work on our own personal, develop, on a personal development on a consistent basis, when you hire somebody or when you're trying to help clients, if you're not making yourself better, why would they want to look to you? And especially once you start hiring people, you know, I remember thinking when I first started doing my weekly um, sales meeting, where am I going to get enough material? I mean, after about six weeks, they had everything out of me I had. And it was that personal development that kept me going, reading about other people's success, incorporating that into my life. Frank Betcher's book is great in that. And The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson is another one that really is our profound books in helping you get to the next level. You know, we talked uh, at the beginning of the call about consistency. Consistency, guys, listen to this and write this down. Consistency, consistency starts with a schedule. See, when I was in the field full-time, dial time, guys, was non-negotiable. The first several years I was in the field, I had to work Monday through Thursday in the field every night, and I had to work at least two or three appointments every Saturday. So not – and, well, if you're in the field on Monday night, when do you call? I called Sunday evening. Um, most of my clients were uh, – 80 to 125 or $30,000 mortgage. They were, you know, middle managers or blue-collar people. They understood what it took to get ahead, so they were not offended with me calling on Sunday night. Could not call the Shenandoah Valley because that was heavily, heavily uh, uh, church night for people. They didn't want to be bothered on, on Sunday. So I knew where I could call and when I could call. I couldn't call back in those days a $250,000 mortgage because they were upper level income from 250 to about 400000 I didn't even like getting those leads because I couldn't call them on Sunday night. There was no other convenient time to do it. But I managed to squeeze them in during the week. But consistency on my dial time, if Barry Clarkson called me at 6.30 on Sunday night, we didn't talk. That was my dial time. I did not talk to anybody. I mean, it was un non-negotiable. The only Sunday night I was not on the phone was around Christmas when we took the two weeks off. And then when I came back from Christmas vacation, because we always took two weeks off and went back to Ohio to visit with family, first thing I did when I got home was pull out my uh, recording of my phone script before I got on the phone 
to make sure that I incorporated everything in there and I wasn't leaving anything out. And I would listen to that three or four times before I went on an appointment in the field. I would watch the video that I put together. And, and guys, I always recorded these when I was at a peak. When, when I was on the phone and just killing it, that's when I would record it. When I was in the home, that's when I would – and really killing it there, that's when I would record my in-home presentation so that I literally could come back after Christmas and go back and watch those, refresh myself, and keep doing perfect practice rather than just practicing something that may not be perfect. So that consistency all starts with a schedule, and it all starts with a system, plugging into the system. Um, during the week, if I had a family conflict, the kids had a recital or something, and I couldn't work Thursday night, then I would book a couple of extra appointments on Tuesday and Wednesday, or maybe an extra one on Thursday or on Saturday then, so that I could still do it. I still worked the same number of hours, but I did take the flexibility. That's why we do what we do, so that you have that flexibility. Now, by following our system and getting leads, calling leads, running appointments, writing business, and checking pending, that's never changed. The specific hours altered, but the number of hours remained the same. Did the same thing. As, as Marcia Seacrest says all the time, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, we were, we're there right now, you're weeks ahead of new agents starting just because of the system we have. And um, I just want you to know, this, this is a hard business. You know, I had an agent last week reached out to me, and they'd been having a hard time, and yes, that does happen. Uh, uh, I listened to the situation he was in. Uh, it got off track. He asked for some coaching. We went through the coaching part. And, and I know when we first started, we didn't have a coach. We didn't have mentors. We had to be our own coaches and mentors, which was part of the reason that I recorded those messages so that I had those to go back to. Now, the good news is you all have got that now. You know, my phone script is in uh, Dropbox. You can go in there and listen to it. I've altered it so that it's a little more generic so that it can be used for uh, IVR leads and direct mail leads. It can be used on every type of lead. That phone script is designed not to sound like everybody else in the business so that when you do get somebody on the phone and you start talking to them, if you sound like somebody from uh, Symmetry, NAA, FFL, they all use the same script. And guys, very few people in our industry have stayed in the field 22 years. As a result, if they were in the field for a year or two, they've gotten out of the field. They're not attuned to what's going on because it wasn't ingrained in them enough. So they don't have they're, – they're relying strictly on what worked then and – they haven't grown with the business. That's going to be an important part for you, and that's why that phone script is so important. Um, had a brand-new agent uh, this weekend, ran his first appointment, did an in-home presentation, and left out the joy story. See, the joy story is a third-party story about a woman that I wrote up at 7.30 at night and 9.38 that night she was killed in a car wreck. 
her son graduated from college on that policy that she bought two hours and eight minutes before she was killed. Without that purchase, he would never have gone to college. See, telling that story, because that's not confrontational. That's someone else. And what I'm trying to do, and I'll close with this, what I'm trying to do is paint a picture. And when I say paint a picture, I'm trying to paint a picture that they possibly can step into. And when you tell that story about Joyce, if one of them thinks, oh, my gosh, that could happen to us. And when you're in the home and you're able to walk away, and leave the table, that allows the one that's sold to really realize, oh my gosh, that could happen to us. That takes away literally 90% of, I got to think about it, I got to check what I got on my job, uh, we just have to see how much we can afford, because if, if we've done a good job, and we've shown them 60% of the mortgage payment, and if you're doing virtual sales, it's the same way. You start off with a lower amount. Just remember, the average premium nationwide is $85 a month. Younger couples, it's about half that, 40 or 30 to $40 a month for each person. So it takes us back up to that $80 there. But understanding that, as long as you have a payment, that's somewhere in that dollar to two dollar a day range, or you let them know they can get a payment in that dollar to two dollar a day range, um, that sets the stage for them to understand it's natural and normal not to cover the entire mortgage. That's an important part of what we do. That's a strategy that if you get, uh, and I'm still having new agents. I'll say, okay, what do you think we ought to show them? Well, I think we ought to go Foresters. And how much should we show them? Well, they got a $280,000 mortgage. I think we need to show them $280,000 of 30-year term. No, that's the wrong answer. You know, if you're doing in-home, uh, you're going to show them a 20 and $30,000 uh, or 20 and 30-year term for 60% of the mortgage and a 20 and 30 uh, year term for 100% of the mortgage. If you're doing virtual sales, you're usually going to start off with a 20 year term because you don't have time to develop the relationship and everything, but you have to come up with a payment that fit, fits their needs and fits their budget. And then we go back in six months and readdress that. And sometimes we'll add a little more coverage to it with return of premium, but there's ways we can do that. But just understand these things, guys. That's the important part of what we're doing. We're setting it up so that it's natural and normal not to cover the full amount of the mortgage. When you do that, it makes it easier for them to open up a little bit and let you know that maybe you're a little bit too high payment-wise, a little too rich on them. And, uh, and I plant the seat. A lot of people in your situation, they'll start off with a starter plan now, and then in three to six months, we'll come back and take a look at it, maybe get some money back, maybe add a little bit more to it as we feel more comfortable.